please keep your Bibles open and let's pray. Our great Heavenly Father, thank you for another look at Jesus in your word. And please open our hearts now that we might see him afresh and seek his glory in everything. Amen. One of the ways I've tried to justify the amount of TV that I've streamed through lockdowns and life is by saying that I'm really, I'm really analysing culture, you know? And, uh, well, here's, here's what I think is a, a modern type scene, right? There's a, a couple of people working in their open, mundane, open plan office, uh, and then the fun one arrives and says to another... Do you know what today is? And the other's eyes light up and they both sing in unison, treat yourself. And it's, it's an, if you've seen the show, you know what I mean. But the other colleague says, he's like, wait, what's, what's that? And they say, oh, that today is their special day when they can finally treat themselves. No amount is too big to spend, no desire too little or weird to be left unfulfilled. They've been working hard, slogging it out through their boring life, and this is finally the day when they let themselves do what they deserve, to treat themselves. Hilarious. Uh, but then, as you start to analyse what's behind it, you start noticing a similar melody sounding everywhere else. In, in other things, you think of phrases like, because you're worth it. For the most important person in the world, you. You deserve to be happy, right? It's, the world sings this song, you are worthy. Yes, you. And why shouldn't it? You, you were made in God's image. Aren't you worthy of having what you want? Haven't you earned your job, your house, your title, your fame, your church's praise, your chance to be the senior pastor of a mega church? (laughs) Yeah. It's an empowering song and it sounds like freedom. You do you and don't let anyone stop you. You are worthy, aren't you? In amongst the world's song, we hear something slightly out of tune, don't we? We see and even experience more depression and loneliness and burnout than ever. As much as we are free to be ourselves and pursue our desires, we find we can't always get there. We fail ourselves or we tear others down. The ugly harmony that accompanies the world's song is that when you are the centre, others are not. We can sing to each other, you do you and rule your kingdom. But then we growl, if you threaten my kingdom, I'll destroy you. We know the world needs a new song. But maybe we sometimes do the same as as Christians too. When I was starting uni, I wanted to do three things, all full time. Uh, I wanted to be the lead singer of a a Christian band because... I'd seen a Christian band, and it looked fun, great. And, and I could justify it because it's Christian, yeah, yeah. And I liked movies, so I wanted to make movies. And I wanted to be a youth pastor uh, because, well, I loved being a youth leader. And all these things made me feel good and were great and could be Christian things and bring glory to God, of course, but being a missionary, pff, no way, too hard. And now when I look back... I, 
Well, I don't think any of those things were necessarily bad in and of themselves, bad things to pursue. But if I'm honest, I was, I was the center. I was the one worthy of happiness. And I'd even use God to justify pursuing it. Have you ever noticed your, that, that of yourself when you've analyzed why you were training for ministry? Or as you thought about what you might do when you finished your training? Or as you... Uh, will continue studying and try to get the best mark or whatever. I mean, you'll have earned a diploma or degree at more college. You are worthy, right? Sometimes I think I can be so focused on justifying my own worthiness that I forget to ask what the world does, which is, well, what makes Jesus so worthy? As people look at us as ministers and lecturers and students, they know we're not worthy. They see our mistakes. They are well aware of how Christians aren't perfect and they're calling us to account. They're not only saying, how can you believe in God? They're saying, how can you believe in a God like that who allows such behaviour amongst his people and who oppresses everyone else? What makes Jesus so worthy? I think we often find ourselves acting like the moon that blocks the sun. We can focus so much on our own worth and impact that we end up blocking the true source of light rather than reflecting its glory. So I think the best way I can serve you this week in raising awareness about mission is to open our eyes to look again at the Son of God, at Jesus, and see how his song might reshape ours. So I've picked three songs that it seems like the early Christians sung of Jesus. We'll hear Paul sing to the Colossians of Jesus as the centre of everything, and then to the Philippians of Jesus as the worthy servant, and then we'll hear John in Revelation recount the song of all creation singing of Jesus, the worthy king of God's kingdom. And in doing so, I'm hoping that this, this song will then reshape Yours, as you consider how you might serve our worthy king in his world. So let's turn to the first of these songs, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. I'll sum up what I think could be the song's title in one sentence. Here it is. Jesus is the centre of everything. Paul's writing to the Christians in Colossae and he's excited. Uh, like, if you look at verse 4 of chapter 1, Paul's giving thanks to God for news of their faith in Christ Jesus and their love for all the saints. These Colossians had made Jesus their centre, and it was obvious in their lives. And now Paul wants them to keep growing. And so he prays massive prayers for them that they'd know God even better and that they'd be strengthened with his power to keep going in the kingdom of his son. But instead of then setting up a five-step plan of how to keep going, he just bursts into song about Jesus. Or at least that's what verses 15 to 20 feel like. Maybe an early hymn. Paul gives us three big reasons why King Jesus is the centre of everything. Well, actually, these reasons, I feel like they're, they're kind of more like missiles. Each one explodes our small view of Jesus such that we see him afresh as the centre of everything our cosmic worthy king. So here's the first. Everything starts with Jesus. And I observe this in verse 15 
uh, or in verses 15 to 18. But check them out in your Bible, starting verse 15. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. <laughs> There's the missile, right? right? But, but what does it mean? I mean, by, by saying invisible God, I think Paul reminds us that we can't just know God instantly. We can't see him. He needs to make himself known. One way to do this is through a representative, a perfect image. He began that by creating humanity in his image, though we rejected him. And now Jesus fulfills that image perfectly, the only one who can reveal this invisible God and represent him completely. Paul then explains what this involves. He calls Jesus the firstborn. Not the first to be born, but firstborn. One word, the the old way of saying an heir. As in the one who gets the inheritance, the owner. Jesus inherits and owns all creation. He is the heir of everything that is made. God's appointed ruler. And the next line shows us why Jesus owns everything. Verse 16, for in him... All things were created. Everything. (laughs) Jesus made everything that exists. Your bones, your brain, the sky, the sea, the universe. And not just the things you see. He created everything. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. He created every hidden electrolyte, every breath of air, everything in the unseen spiritual realm. He even owns those things we think have power whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. Well, they've got nothing on Jesus because they only get their power from him. In fact, all things have been created through him and for him. (laughs) Jesus is not just the creator, but also the purpose of everything. It all exists because of him and continues to exist for him. That's verse 17 then. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And as God then gathers a people for himself, we see Jesus there again at the centre. Verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church. Everything starts with Jesus. And that's the first reason why I titled the song, Jesus is the centre of everything. But the second missile is perhaps even bigger. Everything ends with Jesus too. I observe this in the second part of verse 18. Check it out in your Bible. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead. (laughs) Didn't that just blow your small view of Jesus? Well, maybe it did. Uh, Now, I mean, the the guys with their their Greek opener going, oh, what did I miss? Maybe there's something word for beginning have some special meaning or that what beginning and what does it have to do with the dead but i mean let's look first at the at the structure it's the same as the start of verse 15 right he is something and then the firstborn something i mean like the refrain of a song starting maybe a new verse a new section and the the second part, like in the, like in the first part in verse 15, the second part explains the first. So what does it mean then for him to be the firstborn from the dead? And we might think that Paul means that Jesus was the first one to be raised to life, the first to be born from the dead. 
I mean, he, he's the first human to enter eternal life. He is the beginning of the resurrection, the new creation. But I think it's saying a bit more, namely that Jesus is the firstborn, the heir, as it did in verse 15, the firstborn of the resurrection, as in he is the owner and king of all those who have passed through death. And if it's that, then that means that Jesus' inheritance is both the creation that we see and the new creation that is to come. In the life that God gives after death, Jesus is still the centre. The rest of verse 18 then reveals the purpose of this new beginning and Jesus inheriting the dead. It's so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Eternal life is it's not about me or you. It's about Jesus. Everything ends with him. And that's the second reason why I titled the song Jesus is the Centre of Everything. But of course, there's still a problem. He doesn't appear to be the centre of everything, certainly not to our world. Creation is singing its own song. What makes Jesus so worthy? And we can tend to chime in as we block the sun. And the rest of our text sings the beautiful tune of how Jesus gets the supremacy and is shown as the centre of everything with a third missile to explode our small view of Jesus. Everything is being reconciled under Jesus. Observe this in verses 19 and 20. So check them in your Bibles. It says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. There's God's plan for the universe and how he brought it about. The for introduces the how. As the Son of God became human, God's perfect human representative ruler, dwelling among us and dying on a cross, his blood reconciled everything under his lordship. His death shows him to be the ultimate king. Everything, everywhere, is either reconciled with Jesus or under Jesus. How? Well, first, in in dying on the cross, Jesus took the punishment that we deserve for rejecting God. He offers forgiveness to those who put their trust in him and reconciles them with himself. His blood brings them into his body, the church, and makes peace between them and God for eternity. That's why he is the head of the church. It's his body made up of those he brings into his kingdom. The church then becomes the connection point between creation and new creation. Maybe that's why Paul puts the church phrase between the repeated structure of verse 15 to 17 and the second half of 18. In the church, we see the start of everything being reconciled under Jesus' rule for eternity. But second, those who aren't reconciled with Jesus will still be reconciled under Jesus. His death shows to everyone else, whether in heaven or on earth, that he alone is God's promised king. It guarantees that everything 
will be reconciled under Jesus' rule. Even those who reject him in this life will call him Lord as they face the consequences of rejecting him. Though not reconciled with him now, they are reconciled under him. No one can escape that Jesus is the centre of everything. Now, isn't that such a better song than singing of ourselves? It's wonderfully liberating because it doesn't have to be about you. It's freedom in the face of the pressure to find yourself within, to prove yourself, to try to hide your singing out of tune and the shadows you cast. You are free to reflect the glorious sun. This photo is of Tanya and myself and our baby Will when we left for Spain with the Church Missionary Society just after finishing college. And someone said to me, couldn't you do more if you stayed? Uh, What about all your dreams and desires? Isn't it a bit of a a waste to go and learn, spend all this time learning Spanish? No. Not when Jesus is our centre. That shift started happening for me part way through uni. I didn't say no straight away to becoming uh, a full-time youth pastor slash rock star slash movie director, but, but texts like Colossians 1 made me say, I'm, I'm really not the centre. And it's so much better when Jesus is. So I'd even be open to becoming a missionary. That was hard to to confront. But it was then one option amongst others that were good. And then with the wisdom of our Christian community, that actually seemed like a great way to honour Jesus as the centre of everything. And one of his small mercies was that I actually got to be a youth pastor for teens from across a nation. And I got to make loads of videos for them and even write songs for them. (laughs) But it's so much better seeing them sing Jesus' praises rather than mine. That's freedom. People have then asked something similar as we've come back. It's a photo of us now, now four boys. Tanya's dad is very sick and we wanted to care for him. But that meant leaving a lot of things that felt unfinished. And so people ask, do you ever think that it was a waste to have invested so much time in learning Spanish and culture to now come back just as it felt like things were getting going? No. There's hardness in that. But it was never about leaving my legacy there. We can sing his song anywhere in the world. So we have the privilege now of serving our family and the youth of Willoughby, where I'm working as a youth minister, but because we know that Jesus is the centre of everything. And he will be doing his work of reconciliation both here and in Spain, where we can no longer be. So can I please encourage you As you start Mission Awareness Week, don't start by looking inwards to see if you are worthy. 
Look to Jesus. He is the center of everything. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that you have made Jesus the center of everything. Everything starts with him. Everything ends with him. And you are reconciling everything under him. Please forgive us for making ourselves the center and turn us back to him that we might give him the glory that he deserves and that all might know him as their worthy king. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.